All right, here we go on the last Sunday morning in March. I'm Brian Feldman, and this is Out of Line. Uh, we are here live in the Fox Sports Residential Bank Corp studio every Sunday morning at 8 on Fox Sports Radio, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. Flagship of the Vegas Golden Knights and sister station of Raiders Nation Radio. Staples of the show, our social media director, Spencer the Wiz Ostrovsky. And producer Chris Magnum Chapman, who aside from producing and chiming in on a number of shows at Lotus Broadcasting, also serves as a locker room reporter for the Vegas Golden Knights Radio Network and the host of the UNLV football pre-pregame show on our other sister station, ESPN Radio Las Vegas. We're also streaming on the LV Sports Network, and you can watch the show on Facebook Live and YouTube. The page is called Out of Line. That's O-U-T-T-A-L-I-N-E. Follow the show on Instagram and Twitter at Out of Line Fox LV, and since we are live, your calls and questions are welcome. The Fox Sports Residential Bank Corp studio line is 702-876-1340. Hi, this is Bubby, and it's time What's on tap? Brought to you by title sponsor, Residential Bank Corp. Whether purchasing a new home or refinancing the home you already own, Residential Bank Corp is the company to turn to for all of your home financing needs. Residential Bank Corp, funding America one neighborhood at a time. Call 702-964-5720 to get information on all of the home financing options currently available in the state of Nevada. On tap, the Vegas Golden Knights sweep the three-game road trip, and get one of their goalies back. As always, March Madness is exactly that. And for the first time ever, Las Vegas was one of the four rows leading to the Final Four. And as always, March Madness did what it's supposed to do. We'll talk all about that today. Today, joining us in studio shortly is Camden Perry, who is one of the best high school baseball pitching projects in the country, who happens to be from Las Vegas. And earlier this month, began his senior season at Bishop Gorman, plus a goat is soon to be an official partial owner of the world champion Las Vegas Aces, and the Las Vegas Aviator season starts this week. That's what's on tap. If you are looking to buy a home or to refinance the home you currently own, Residential Bank Corp, the company to turn to, funding America one neighborhood at a time, call 702-964-5720 for details on current home financing options in the state of Nevada. And guys, uh, what a week. Chris, we sat and watched that game Thursday night. I want to get into the Golden Knights game here, but I'll tell you what. Um, you want to talk about all kinds of stuff going on this March. You know, besides the Vegas Golden Knights making the run that they have, Mountain West Conference Tournament, Pac-12 Conference Tournament, I mean, you know, WAC Conference Tournament, all these things running from one venue to the other. Now we've got the Final Four, the, or excuse, I should say the Western Regionals were just here this past weekend, which uh, it, it culminated last night with what wasn't a good game, but what was a great tournament. And uh, we've got the NIT coming up this week. The Aviators start this week. And, uh, I mean, Vegas just never, ever stops. It's an ongoing thing that's uh, that's pretty darn cool. Um, one of the things I think, guys, uh, that I don't think we expected this year, the Vegas Golden Knights to be as good as they are at this point in the season. I know they started like a house on fire, kind of died off a little bit. And since the All-Star break, they've been the best team in hockey. I mean, the Bruins are right there with them. The Bruins are on a historic run. But what the Vegas Golden Knights doing is pretty cool this year. And I think, I can't believe I'm saying this, but it might be their best chance to win a Stanley Cup since they've been here. Spence, go ahead and hit it. players as you know are 
They come to play every game. It's time for Nightcap, a cup full of the Vegas Golden Knights. From highlights to interviews to special events, the puck starts here. Yeah, the puck does start here, and um, as I said, guys, it's been it's been nothing short of spectacular what they've done since the All Star break. You know, you say all the time it's almost like a cliche, like you know the break is going to help them out so much because they haven't been playing good. And this break, they're going to get away from the game for a week. You got the All Star game, let them all go get rejuvenated, hang out with their families, and they'll come back and be a better team. That's the theory, and we always say that's what's going to happen. Or you know, God, this break couldn't have come at a better time. In the Golden Knights case, I don't think that's ever been more exemplified than this year, what this team has done since the All-Star break. I mean, they have been just incredible, uh, the run that they've been on. They now hold first place. They're five points clear of the Los Angeles Kings, who are the second-place team behind them in the Pacific Division. They, I think the Kings got a game in hand on the Vegas Golden Knights, but pretty incredible. There's three teams in front of them in the East, but they're only, I think, four points behind, two points behind the team in third, four points behind the team in second, and the Boston Bruins, nobody's catching them unless somebody finds a way to beat them in the postseason. But the Golden Knights are on an absolute tremendous run. Um, you know, 4-0 since that nasty Calgary loss, which we all felt was kind of a stopgap game after that long road trip where they were so successful. They get beat 7-2 to by Calgary. And you know what? That seemed to light a fire. Chris, you know, I, I think you probably feel the same way as me. You know, all my life you've been taught a couple of cliches in sports. Defense wins championships, and the good teams win the close games. Those are cliches, but they seem to hold true. The Vegas Golden Knights, you look at the last couple one-goal games and the teams they're beating, Chris, last night I think is such a character game. And, you know, you didn't get to go to the the the, the championship game because you had to do your, your duty with the Vegas Golden Knights. But what a game against the Edmonton Oilers. Probably the most productive two players playing together in the National Hockey League in Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl. And of course, they both get in the scorer's column as usual yesterday, but the Vegas Golden Knights find a way to win. They never trailed. They got tied twice, and they just never stopped playing. And then you think in overtime, in three-on-three, is there a team you would rather not face than the Edmonton Oilers with the power, that with the scoring power and prowess they have, and yet the Vegas Golden Knights find a way to get the goal in overtime? Again, you know, Jonathan March, so I joke around, his name's Marchie. You know, they all call him Marchie. Well, Marchie is Mr. March. I mean, we've had other other nicknames, but this guy has been the leading point getter for the Vegas Golden Knights since the All-Star break. Um, 14, or I shouldn't say since the All-Star break, since March, for, through the month of March. 14 points now in the month of March. Month of March. He scored goals in the last two games. Four points on this last road trip. Chris, how valuable has that been to the Vegas Golden Knights? That March, so who was in a drought for a while, now becoming one of the more prolific guys in the team again. Well, yeah, I and I and I almost think it coincides with him jumping out or with them making the trade for Ivan Barbashev and Barbashev now playing on the top line with with Marsh or so and uh Jack Eichel. Look, I think I think we've seen a better Jack Eichel since Ivan Barbashev has been inserted into the lineup as well. You know, the funny thing when they made the move for Barbashev, I, I I really didn't I'd be lying if I sat here and told you I knew a ton about him and I watched him a ton of times and in St. Louis, the only time I really ever got to watch him play was when the Golden Knights would play the Blues and when the Blues won the Stanley Cup. And I said, you know, he's he's a good player, but I, I don't think he's a difference maker. Boy, was I wrong. Ivan Barbashev is a difference maker, and it's helped Jack Eichel and and Jonathan Marshall so because, and it's not a knock on Paul Cotter, who was playing with those guys, but, you know, Paul Cotter's a young guy. He's still learning how to play at this level. 
Ivan Barbashev is is a guy who's gone through the battles, a guy who's raised the Stanley Cup, a guy who's been through playoff runs, a guy who knows what it takes and and having that extra gear that you have to kick it into at this time of year. But yeah, Brian Marchessault so has been really I mean, he's I, there, there's so many catalysts that you could say, "Oh, well this guy's a catalyst and that guy's a catalyst." You know, William Carlson, he's 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 going to break his his uh his, his most assists in his season record. He's going to do that. He's right there. He's on the door, which is saying something. Sure, you'd like his goals to be up, but what he brings you on the defensive side, so good. I, I'm 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 fine with with the fact that he doesn't have 25 goals. I don't care what he does when he's out on the ice is is invaluable. Um, you know, and and Jack Eichel last night was 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 phenomenal. Um, you know, Chris, what's funny is you remember we did the promo when we play it here when Jack Eichel was just not getting the job done. Stoney went down, forty three games in, and Eichel just we well, needed him to pick it up. And I remember I was ripping on him on the show. I'm like, God, did he hear me? Because ever since that show, it's like I got to I got to change the the promo now because this guy has become the leader we wanted him to be. Chris, now he's on pace where I think he will get those thirty goals to yeah. this year. Yeah, and uh, you know he is. Every game contributing, and you know what's what's really special about Jack Eichel is it's not just contributing in the scores column; it's what he does away from the puck that maybe people don't watch. He commands respect from other teams. He commands attention, and a lot of times that'll leave a guy open, you know, and and a benefit a guy like by uh, like like well, like well, Jonathan Marshall. Look at the game winning goal last night. You know, I mean, he 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 holds the puck a minute he, in, he, yeah. But but it's in. it's he goes into the corner and you have two guys on the Oilers. Evander Kane. I don't know what the hell he was thinking, but if there's a guy who's going to make a blunder, it's okay that it's him. But two guys converge on Eichel, leaving Nick Wah in the center of the ice all alone. And 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 Nick, how about this? Nick Wah two games back and two game winning goals. I mean, it's pretty cool. I, I I think that's that kind of sums up this team. You know, we we I I think it's overlooked a little bit, but. Early in the season, this team was winning games, and Bruce Cassidy was so complimentary of depth scoring. That depth scoring went away for a little bit. It's sure because there now. because you had injuries and you had guys who who weren't ready to step into the lineup. But I mean, Brian, depth scoring. Who who had Pavel Durofeyev with five goals in seven games? I was just about to say Pavel Durofeyev is unbelievable. What he, he's doing? He's this not year. coming what out of the gonna lineup. What is going to happen when Carrier's healthy? He he. he I don't think Dorfeyev's coming out. He, he's well, somebody. I mean, Amadio again. You know, no goals last night, but four, he was a second leading shot taker on the Golden Knights. He's getting the job done. I mean, everyone's playing so well. Paul Cotter has become an integral part of this hockey team. Who do you replace? Well, well when, here, when, here's, when William here's Carrier comes back. William Carrier is like the fourth leading goal scorer on this team. How do you keep him out of the lineup? Well, and here's here's the other thing. This guy is so under the radar. He doesn't have the points. He doesn't have the goals. I'll give you an exercise. Look at the team's record with Brett Howden in the lineup. It's it's so good. Like it's surprising that that their record is so good. And and I mean it's because they have guys who are willing to to do the dirty work. What I love about Dorfeev is he gets in front of the net, and that's a pre- that that's that's that takes 
that that takes cojones. Well, it does. You, because you look especially at, you look at as a Alec, young guy. Look at Alec Martinez, for God's sakes. Every year leads the league in block shots. Yeah. You know, Alec Martinez, I see him in the locker room, Chris. He's no bigger than I am, except his stones are about the size of cannonballs, for yeah. God's sake. I mean, I don't know how he, you he's say He's like it in, 50 <laughs> shots clear of the guy behind him. That's how many yeah. shots he I, blocks. I don't, I don't know how you say it in Russian, but uh, yeah, he he's Dorofeyev's got them. And you know he'd be to, a good bowler because that's how big yeah, they are. To I be mean, a young ridiculous. guy and 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 be willing to take the cross checks in front of the net and to and to yep. get to the dirty areas of the ice. And you know the the the, the funny thing is like. You had Amadio play on that line last night with with Carlson and Dorfeev, and I don't think that line missed a beat. No, like no. Riley Smith not there, and, and I'm 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 under the impression it's a minor injury for Riley Smith day to day, so it doesn't sound like it's anything long term, which is good. But but I mean that line was still really good last yeah. night, and and the Eichel line right, he scores early on, and then he what what, what what's amazing about a player like Jack Eichel is he can go almost an entire game. Right, he scores early. Then he goes all the way through like the middle of the third period well, without a shot with, on that. The thing is with Jack Eichel, Chris, what I was going to say, what makes him also very special, and you see this with Connor McDavid, who without question, I mean, already in this season, if you don't think he, I, I think Connor McDavid could go down today and he's still got the Hart Trophy. Well, he's, he's uh, doing I mean, he's things that we, good. I mean, there, there's only two players in the history of the entire NHL that are potentially if if McDavid projects to where it looks like he's going to end up when the only two players in the history of the game that that you're in in the discussion <laughs> with as far as it, seasons are Mario Lemieux and Wayne Gretzky like my my wife has gone to one game this year we I took her to one game we went to go see the Edmonton Oilers when they came here uh back in January I guess it was and I told her I said I don't care what you do Every time ninety seven is on the ice, watch you watch him. him. I said because he is well, and that's what I was gonna. I was gonna compare him to Jack Eichel in the respect that there is a gear that very few players. Yes. have. and the gear is this. It's not a gear later. It's a starting gear. It's getting going because they that start for, ahead of it's, everybody. It's, you know else. what it is? It's 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 running a hundred meter dash and giving a guy a twenty five yard head start. That's pretty much what it, what it's because, like because because there's so few guys in the world that have that elite. Yep. Ability. Eichel is one. Obvi- Austin Matthews, Austin Connor Matthews. McDavid. Yeah, I mean, Mitchell Marner is, is a guy who, who's who got that. You Leon know, like, Dry Seidel's pretty much right there. Yeah, I mean, but very few. You're right. It's yeah, a handful I mean, of guys Kale that McCarr have that speed. Is, yeah. is, is oh there, God, you know, yeah. like, but but there's not. There, you go through the league and you look at, I mean, there's a lot of phenomenal players in this league. And, and I mean, we have the best players in the world in the NHL, right? No like, doubt about like it. it's the best league in the world. You have the best. I'm sure there's some really good players in the KHL who could probably come over here and 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 compete and be good players. But as a collective, you're not going to find. It. You could combine the rest of the leagues in the world, and I'm I'm still taking the NHL. But you know, the the, the thing is, there's so few guys that have what you're talking about. McDavid is, is one, and. You know, Vegas fans, I, I, I know that there were some people who were critical of Eichel. I think at moments, I think I've been critical of him. You know, but there's times he makes you eat crow. And oh and, and what what's awesome about it is we get to watch it every yeah. single night. Yep. You know, like like when, when Ken Griffey Jr. was playing baseball and you were a Cincinnati Reds fan or a Seattle Mariners fan, you got to watch him every single night. Barry Bonds, you got to watch that guy every single night go out there. I feel that there. way about Miguel Cabrera. Yeah, I really I, do, I mean, Chris. You, you had Barry Sanders as, yeah. as a Lions fan. You know, as a Jet fan, I've never really 
Darrell Revis, but it's on a different level, you don't right? Put you, the butt fumbler up there. Nah, <laughs> yeah. Hey, you know, two, you know, I keep telling people it's funny because he will always be stuck with that connotation of being a but the butt fumbler. Yeah, but, but yet he, two AFC championship yeah, games yeah. he took well, you guys to. Well, and the thing is, like he he wrote that defense, and unfortunately for him. One of the best games of his career came against the Steelers in yeah. the AFC title game, and unfortunately, the Jets' defense didn't show down. up that day. Let him down. They, they let him down, but you know, I still contend that they would have won the Super Bowl had they beaten the Steelers. I think they would have beaten the Packers. But I agree. Um, but no, what it, you're saying about the gears and you know, and, and these guys, it, it's so exciting to watch. And Jack Eichel has that, not just the ability to, to, to you know, his just out, the ability to outmaneuver everyone. Yeah. And, and you, these guys, you know, the one thing get, that gets lost, I think, with a lot of people, they go to these games, they enjoy them, they watch the, they they watch these guys on the ice. It's exciting the hitting. But what you really, what's amazing is watch their feet. You know how hard it is to skate at that level? It's funny because I started playing hockey. Now, I didn't start until my junior in high school, but I lived by Bob Probert, and I got to play on the ice with Darren McCarty and some of these guys. And it's funny. They would always play with us, and it'd be fun. Then all of a sudden, like, I'll never forget Sheldon Kennedy. He was like a fourth-line winger for the Detroit Red Wings. He's out there playing with us, and, you know, he's a fourth-line winger. He's barely in the NHL. He's almost an AHL player. And we're skating, and all of a sudden, he just decides, you know what? I'm going to play keep away. We got a whole ice And this guy, it's like we became pilots. And, and I thought, knock, he's not that great. Yeah. And then they just decide, I'm going to show you how good we are. And you're standing and you realize, like, oh, my God, I thought I was a pretty fast skater. This is, you see the different levels between what? high school, college, even the AHL, and then the NHL. It is such a different level and a different speed. And that's the same way in every sport. As we got a guy in studio we'll talk about that's heading to that level at, at, at his particular sport. And it is insane when you get to that level and you play. You know, Michigan State, when I went out for their baseball team years ago, and in high school, I, 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 I never struck out. It just wasn't. Wasn't something, you know, it was in my mind that nothing good happens when you strike out. So put the ball, hit a dribbler back to the pitcher. Maybe he'll overthrow the first baseman. That was always the thing. I get to college, I'm trying out. We're playing, it's like the fourth pitcher at Michigan State. And I, he struck me out three times in one game. Once <laughs> bailing out on a curveball that dropped right over the plate. I never saw that stuff in high school. The levels are amazingly different. But really quickly, I just wanted to say to you, because I want to make sure we stay on time today. Um, the one thing is you talk about you know guys getting healthy at the right time. We saw Laurent Brossois come back last night, and Chrissy played really well. Yes, he gave up three goals, three goals, and I think any goaltender would have given up in the league. Well, I, I thought the third goal he probably was a little chippy. Yeah, but but the the point is he played well just coming off the break. Yeah, and I, I, I gotta ask you, Chris, and, now, and, and in that position against a team that that is one of the best scoring teams in yes, the league. Yeah. So my question to you is this: because I mean you've been you've been the locker room reporter for this team since they started. Yeah, six I, years, it's crazy. Six, it, it, it's amazing. I remember going to the first couple games. Poor Chris, because you know we can't cheer upstairs. I should probably not say this because I they, they won't let me upstairs. But when they were in the Stanley Cup Finals, me and Chris sat next to each other for a couple games, and I, every time they would score, I'm pounding on his leg under the <laughs> table because I can't cheer. You know, and you're, it's so exciting. Yeah. And uh, but but the point is, is this team right now is really starting to click on all cylinders. We are seeing this team play as good as anybody in the NHL, and yet still we don't have a clear cut number one goaltender. We did Logan Thompson, but now since he's been out, and he's been out for a while, and it's a lower body, which we know is a leg injury, that on a goaltender, you've got to be able to be as... Yeah. Uh, we'll I mean, we'll, we'll you probably be get a better man. idea. Get a better idea of how long he's going to be. Chris, yeah. say they're all healthy now. You got Jonathan Quick, who... 
like I said, in 2012, what he did going from making the playoffs on the last day of the regular season to taking them from the AC to the Stanley Cup Finals was one of the most incredible things I've ever seen done in sport. And it was Jonathan Quick. It wasn't the LA Kings. They were an average team. That's why they finished with the AC seed. And they go to the Stanley Cup because Jonathan Quick decided to say no. We know he's 37, but we've seen a little bit of that ability still inside of him. Now you've got, say you got them all healthy. You get Logan Thompson back, who was your number one to start the season. You get Laurent Brossois back and, and you and you get um uh Aiden Hill. You get Aiden Hill back. You got all four of those guys. You can only have two guys dressed per game. Yeah. Chris, who do you dress? Who's your two guys that you put in uniform? Well well I'll, I'll, I'll preface by saying this. The Golden Knights have won four straight games with four different goalies. It's, the, it's the first time in NHL history. I didn't know that. That that's ever been done. Where a team has, has won four consecutive games. with. I mean, the league is 100 years old. It's the first time that's ever happened. You would have thought sometime in like the 1920s or 1930s. You know, who knows? Maybe even during World War II. You know, but but yeah, I mean, it, it's... Well, especially inc- when there's only six teams in the league, for God's yeah, sake. Yeah, yeah. You know? so, so I... This may sound disingenuous, and it may sound like I'm taking the easy way out, but Brian, I don't think it matters. This team, the way they play... In front of their goaltender. If they score goals... They've won 34 straight games when scoring three or more goals. You know, Chris, I would say, you know, and again, it's a really good point. And the cool thing is about the Vegas Golden Knights' top six defensemen is the majority of them can put the puck in the net. And guys like Petrangelo and and Shea Theodore are actually magical with the puck. Shea yeah, Theodore I mean, is slowly becoming one of the best two-way defensemen in the National Hockey League. He's a guy that's now feared, and you have to game plan around his ability to play both ends of the yeah. ice. I mean, that my, my answer may sound like, I'm, like, I'm, like I don't think these guys are good. That's not what I'm saying. I think they can win with all four guys in net. They've proven that they can win. That, hey, that, Yuri Patera has proven he can win, too. He's 2-0. He's 2-0 in the league. He had 37 saves the other night at at, at T-Mobile against the Blue Jackets. I mean, he was really good in that game. It was cool. His parents Uh and his best friend, they flew from Czech Republic. Czech Czech Republic, but but, but so cool. If if you ask me who their number one guy is, my my preference is Logan Thompson. Me, too. Me too. I I I just Although, feel like, like I said, but but, but okay. Beyond that, who bet? I almost here's my deal, and, and I've said this, and I've been arguing with people over this the past couple of weeks. I hate doing this to guys like Aiden Hill, who's been so proud of yeah. that 50, 50 save game was one of the best jobs I've ever seen by goal. Yeah. He made a he made a save not looking, throwing his arm out there. Yeah, he was he, unreal. He, he but has yet, he has said. You need to pry me out of the net. Yeah, but every, but I'll tell every you right guy now. who's here. Here's the thing: Brossois has played four games. He's been really good in all been. four games. He has been. All, what, what What's amazing is all four of these guys are telling Bruce Cassidy. The only way I'm coming out of the net is if I'm injured or if you pry my hands off the <laughs> off off the pipes. That's it. Because yeah. every guy who's played in net for the Golden Knights this year. Has been really, really and, good. And the great thing is, is like I said, and I told you this when they got Jonathan Quick, you made a good, very good, excellent point that, hey, what they got him for was a steal because half his they salary is being paid they by, gave up by the L.A. Kings. I mean, I, mean I, I shouldn't say that. Michael Hutchinson is playing, but in fact, yeah, we, saw, serious, we saw him last yeah, a 30-something week. 30-something-year-old goaltender. But Michael that, Hutchinson is, is a journeyman, and, he is. and he's not Just a— Just barely above an AHL goalie, Yeah, if that. And, and but, if he wasn't in Columbus, good chance he would probably still be in the no AHL. No question about it. But again— um, you know, and, and I'm, this is my, my argument. It's like you've got this guy. Yes, he's 37 years old. 
and I understand that. But Jonathan Quick, I, I said it from day one, two things he's going to bring. One, it was like Marc-Andre Fleury. That disrespect brings a chip with you. And the fact that he did what he did for the Kings, and granted, he went for two and a half months without a win at, at one point this season. And the, 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 the Kings just gave up on him, and they're like, you know, great, you won us two Stanley Cups. It's, it's all about sports, and every athlete finds that out at some point, that there's a million guys that want your job, and they're always going to want your job. Internally, you hate guys that play your position. I remember in high school, one of my best friends and I played that. I hated his ass during the season. It was just a constant battle is who's going to play. And and this is this is something that goes on amongst all athletes. So these goaltenders, as much as they respect each other, they all hated Jonathan Quick coming here. But I said the two things he would bring, again, that experience, that ability, that elite status that a goaltender has that he has in the respect he has. But the other thing he was going to bring was he was going to light up competition because he's going to bring out the best in the other goaltenders because they know I've got a two-time Stanley Cup champion breathing right down my throat that still can make some great saves in this league. For that reason, he's my number two goaltender. I'm going to leave it alone, Chris. We're going to talk a lot yeah, more I, than I, that. I, I, think, I think I agree with you on that. I think, I think because of the experience, Jonathan Quick is probably my number two guy over Hill and Bro Swap. But look, I mean, the good news is if you're the Golden Knights and you're Kelly McCrimmon, Bruce Cassidy... You feel pretty confident bringing someone else in if if oh a, if anyone goes down yes. or gets hurt, but but still my point is for the two guys left out, especially like Aiden Hill. It's like man, are you kidding? Have you seen how good I've played lately? Yeah. And you're not going to put me. But you know what? There's only two two goalies that are going to dress. So yeah. sorry, brother, you're going to be playing in Henderson for a little while. Well, and well just, there's not going to be a Henderson that, when we get to that, that point. That's true. There won't be. <laughs> but, but you know, again, those would be my two goalies. And again, we'll talk about more about that as the season goes on. Golden Knights on the ice again. They, they're back home Tuesday in that home and home series against the Edmonton Oilers. Yeah, now Edmonton has a me. game in between. That. Yeah, they do. But it's tough for me because of this decision right now. I want to go to the NIT semifinals. I've never been to an NIT game. I'm, I'm actually. Unfortunately, I'm going to miss the Oilers yeah, game. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm torn, Chris. I, I want to find a way to somehow do both, and I yeah, don't know how to do that. Yeah, I have to, to see the times of the NIT yeah, games because I, I, I have a feeling but, the first game is going to be early, like maybe 3, 30, you know, 4 and, o'clock. And, and the NIT, and we're going to talk about that in a little bit when we get to that, that portion of the show, but the NIT is very interesting, especially the teams coming to Vegas. There's a conference in the NCAA that really was disrespected this year, and we see it now in the tournament, and that is Conference USA. Conference USA already has Florida Atlantic in the Final Four, and two of the Final Four NIT teams uh, are also Conference USA teams. Uh, teams you might not know a great deal about. North Texas. Uh, they, the, the UNLV played them in a bowl game. Matter of fact, the last bowl game they played was against North Texas. They beat them this year and, in football yeah, at Sanborn. Or they, Sanborn. Yeah, and, Allegiant. And, and Allegiant. But, you know, this, but the point is, is North Texas, uh, uh, and then you've got UAB, Alabama, Birmingham. And these two schools, especially Alabama Birmingham, can argue, they had 25 wins at the end of the regular, after, after the conference tournament, and they didn't get into the NCAA, and they're saying, "Look, we got three yeah, teams." North Texas is a pretty good program. They, they, are they good, they've they've elevated themselves a good from, defensive team from it, a doormat to a, to a. Per, I think they won a game in the NCAA tournament a couple of years ago, if I'm not mistaken. I, I don't remember that, but 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 the point is, they actually have a legitimate chance to win the NIT. They're one of the Final Four teams. That's going to be interesting. Listen, we're, we're going to talk about the Final Four. We got fact this, all this stuff coming up. We're running a little by, so I'm going to jump right into it. We're going to bring in our guest right now, and uh, and I, I've been I've been actually. Looking pretty forward to having him on, um, uh, Cam Cam Perry or Camden Perry, who is now a senior at Bishop Gorman. Uh, he was on the show a long time ago, I think before high school. It's been that long, man, which is crazy. I see this guy growing now. He's got the pitcher's body, the tall, lanky, and. 
bringing the ball already as a senior in high school, 90 miles an hour, Chris, has a variety of pitches. And the one thing with my due diligence on Cam is his command when he's on the mound, his control when he's on the mound. And, you know, it's pr- crazy. He's been talking with a bunch of different teams already, like the Phillies, Dodgers, the Cleveland Indians. Uh, oh, I almost said the Cleveland Indians. Don't go to play for the Guardians. I still t- They're still the tribe to me, okay? <laughs> I hate the name change. The Padres and more. The draft this summer, Cam is right now accepted a scholarship to St. Mary's of California, but he's going to see what the draft brings him. I know I, me and Keith were texting each other the other day a little bit when I was asking for some information on Cam, and he was telling me, you know, we got to see what the draft brings. First of all, before we go into those, Cam, welcome to the show, man. It's great Thank to have you. you in here again. I'm happy to be here. So, How excited are you with what's going on in your life right now? I know the commitment that it takes to get to the highest level. Hell, the commitment it takes to get to the level you are playing at now. A school that is right now recognized as one of the better baseball programs in the country and have been for a while. I don't think Gorman's won a state title, though, since 2015. So it's been a minute. And Gorman is expected. This year, I think everyone, uh, including Coach Chef, thinks this is the year you guys are due to be back on the pedestal again. You guys are ranked nationally. I saw a school that I lived right down the road from in Michigan. Orchard Lake St. Mary's is one of the best teams in the country this year. They've they've got a really good coach and a good program there as well. I lived right. I used to go and watch their games when I lived in Detroit. Um, but Cam, how? Tell me about this ride, man. How great this is for you now. I mean, it's. I'm just trying to have as much fun as I can right now. It's senior year, so uh, you know, with all my boys this year, we got we have a really stacked senior lineup this year. Um, you know, pretty much everyone's a senior except for a couple guys. So uh, we're really trying to make this season last, uh, make it count. And uh, go out there, play to the best of our ability every game and win every game, you know. So that's what we're really trying to do, just really have fun, be a team, you know, just be together the whole time, you know what I mean? No, 100%. You know what's what's great? Well, great and bad, because when I was a kid, it's like I played Football, I wrestled, and I played baseball. I could have done without the wrestling. I was just good at it. So I was kind of forced to play, and my chemistry teacher was my wrestling coach. So I wanted to make sure I got my grades in chemistry. But the whole thing was, nowadays, when Jacob got to high school, when he got to Centennial, you know, it was, it was simple. Sarone told him, play baseball or play football. You make your choice. And I thought that sucked. I really did. I thought it sucked from my perspective. I wanted him to play both, but he loved both, but I felt more comfortable with my son playing baseball. You know, I, was, I loved football. I loved putting my, getting myself dirty. I loved knocking heads. I know you did too, but it's a lot harder when you're a father to watch your kid do it, you know? My, when Jake took his first pop in Pop Warner, um, it, it messed me up a little bit. So I was kind of happy when he chose baseball over, over football. But the one thing is, is every kid you see that's playing on a high school field, that's any good on any decent high school team. They've all played club ball. You know, they might have played some little league early on, but everyone went to club ball. And it, you live. I said Keith, and Keith is in here. Unfortunately, we don't have a microphone for him, or I'd get him in this. But, you know, I, I used to say that, you know, I didn't take vacations for years. And it's, I love watching your guys' family stuff because you guys vacation around Cam's baseball. And I had to do the same thing. I said, what, 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 when did you last vacation? Oh, we were in California for a week for a tournament. It was pretty cool. But those were my vacations. That was my life. But I loved what, and the key is, my son had a lot of fun doing it. That was the most important thing. And I love the first thing that came out of Cam's mouth was, you know, I'm just looking to have as much fun as I can. Because all my years of coaching, and I always coached, was one of the coaches on the club teams. And I would, I would start every season with the same thing. As we got older, you didn't need this speech. But I started as they were little kids. And I said, listen, here's the deal. I have two rules on when, you, when you play for me. Rule number one, first and foremost, have fun. 
It is a game. When it's all said and done, it is a game. Up until you get to a certain level, it's a game. And if you aren't enjoying yourself or you're playing because your parents are making you play, you come and see me, and I'll have a talk with your parents. I'll make them. I'll make it okay for you. Do not do this unless you're enjoying yourself because it's a game. And rule number two. I am the Lord Almighty on this field. I am dedicating my spare time. It is free for me. I'm not getting paid to do this, to teach you a game that I absolutely love. And when I'm teaching that game, if you're not paying attention, you are going to have the best seat in the house for every game sitting your ass right next to me because you won't be on the field. You are going to listen and pay attention when we're on this ball field to me, and I'm going to make you a better player if you do. But the key was to have fun, and you did. Cam, out of all the things, and there's so many questions I have for you, we're going to have you on another show too, but... Out of all the things you did, what are, what are, is there anything or a series of events that you could point to as the coolest thing? Because I have watched you for a long time. I love what you and your dad do because you post so people can follow you. And when you're a sports guy like me, it's the coolest thing to see an amateur coming up and just watching him get better and better. But of all the things you've gotten to do, playing at Dodger Stadium, so what's the coolest thing you've done? I think the coolest thing for me is probably the most fun, too, was when I was 12 and at Cooperstown. It's a week-long tournament, best tournament you could actually ask for. Uh, you're with your team in a in a dorm all week, and you're just hanging out. Um, just it's it almost seems fake. Some of the games. Uh, I remember one game. It was uh, like probably like 1 a.m. We were playing because of rain delay, um, and I, I pitched that game. I didn't do too hot, but I came up with the uh, game game time game tying uh, home run, and you know it all it all just comes together and uh, just. It's just, it's just some of it's fake. It feels like, but you know, it's not. It's actually happening, and uh, that's probably the coolest thing I've ever done with my team. When you were in here last time before the high school, we were talking about this, and you said you like to hit. Yeah. I mean, and now you see a guy in, you know, Otani, who's in the pros. Uh, I mean, there hasn't been a two-way player like that since Babe Ruth, and Babe Ruth only did it for two years. He pitched, and then he stopped pitching two years into his career and became an out- outfielder so he could hit more. You know, as a guy that likes to hit, because I couldn't imagine, I always dreamed of being a pitcher, I just sucked. I mean, I had a good strong arm, I couldn't throw the ball over the plate if my life depended on it, yet I could throw a strike from right field to home plate, explain that, I couldn't. But, but, the, but the deal is this, is that, you know, it takes so much and everything to get there, and to get where you're at right now. Um, you know, how much focus of your life, when you go through this on a daily basis, you know, every day something about baseball, and you said you're still having fun, to not be able to hit now, it's it's POs. POs are the whole yeah. thing. I mean, I'm you know, POs started at like 12 years old. It's like crazy. It's like these kids. What happens if they they get into the National League and they got a bat? Although you don't have to worry about that anymore. But you know, I used to think that like what happened? What happens if they haven't been hitting since they were 12 years old? Yeah. Do you find yourself wanting to hit? Do you ever go to Chef and say, Hey, man, you know, I I, I can still bomb it. Yeah, I actually do. There's a I remember our uh, tryout day. I was like I was like, Coach, you know, it's tryout day, so. I got to try out for hitting, right? And he's he just, he's like, no, Cam, go sit down. But uh, I mean, I, I do kind of miss it. I uh, I loved hitting, uh, but you know, you also hate it, you know. Um, but as you get older, and you know, you're not doing it anymore, and you see everyone else doing it, and you see some people fail, and um, you're like, you know, I, I feel like I could do that, and that's what I feel like every time. And I was, um, you know, I've I've had a couple times where uh, last year or the year before they put me in BP. And, you know, I would hit a couple out and uh, I would start, you know, missing it again and want to go hit again. But um, my main focus right now is probably pitching. Well, it is pitching. Um, so if I get a time where I can go do some BP, I will 
I guarantee you, I, I can hit some more. Home no, runs. you know, I know. You know what I've noticed is most of the teams I played on in my life, most of the pitchers that had talent that were really good pitchers also were good hitters. They're just athletes. And you know, one of my very good friends, I actually went to broadcasting school after Michigan State. His first cousin was John Smoltz, and I've gotten to hear John talk about it. But John said, when I played, I always batted. You know, there was never POs as he grew up. It was you know, every you hit and you pitched. And John was a really good hitter in little league and stuff, and you saw it in the pros. I think he has like twenty two career home runs or something. So Smoltzy could hit the ball also. But again, you're not going to see that down the road. And I think that's kind of part of the reason that, you know, the old school league, the National League, finally switched over to the DH. I think because they realize the millennials, the up and comings, this is the way co- coaching is done now. Kids aren't getting an opportunity. You can't have a kid that hasn't hit since he was 12 years old and bring him in the majors and put him behind the, yeah, that, that, on that, the plate. That kind of sucks. You yeah, know, I'm, I'm a National League guy, so... For me, I hate the DH. I think it's the stupidest thing. But, you know, I understand that it's also the way that the game's going and people want more offense. They don't. It sucks to say a pitcher's an automatic out, right? Like, it's not always the case. But a lot of times, you know, guys going up there, especially. Very few pitchers bad in specific over like situations, right? Like, like don't don't hit into a double play. Just strike out instead. But yeah. work on your bunting. But, I mean, that's what they, that's know, what they do with pitchers. I, I got to ask you because, Camden, you, you mentioned, you know, being a senior and, you know, what I, I know when I was that age. I got senioritis, and you mentioned your your teammates. A lot of them are seniors as well. So how do you prevent yourself from falling into that trap of of kind of being like, all right, you know what? It's senior year. I'm just going to coast. Like, like where do you find Actually, that? Being fire? a normal kid. Like, 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 how do you find that fire and not fall into that trap? Um, you know, I've kind of really haven't developed that yet. I don't know if it will come, if it comes at all. But I've kind of just for school, I just get all my stuff done and baseball. I just love it. So, you know, I'm working out every day, doing my stuff on my own and with my team. Um, so I really haven't fell into that trap yet. Hopefully I don't because um, I don't really want to fall behind. But uh, I just feel like for me and my team, we have we have something going right now. Uh, we've had a couple holdbacks, but I think as a team, we're one of the most developed in Vegas and just our team together is just when we're together and we're doing everything we can, we're just unstoppable. So I think uh, for my team, it's not a problem right now, and hopefully it doesn't become a problem. Do you kind of feel pressure? Because obviously Gorman is, is a factor, not just in baseball, but but in basketball and football as well. Obviously produced a lot of professional athletes. Vegas has a pretty strong tradition of producing really good baseball players, not just Gorman, but you know, all, all over the oh, city, sure. Green Valley's had some good players, and, and, and obviously, uh, um, what, what am I, um, I'm blanking, Chris Bryant went to Bonanza, so like, do you feel pressure? high school, Bryce Harper. Yeah, right? yeah, so like, of carrying the torch for some of the other great players that have come out of this city? I mean, no, not at all, really, I'm just, I'm just going out there, trying to be me, trying to have fun, uh, I think that's the rest, that's what the rest of the, my, my team's doing, uh, we have a couple really good players, too, that, um, could have a chance at draft or go to, uh, are going to college and we'll have a tr- uh, chance at draft later. And, you know, I think at times we all think about that and be like, oh, you know, we could be next. But um, I don't really feel any pressure. I just, we all go out there, have fun, like I said, and just do what we do. You know? What was it like stepping on the mound at Dodger Stadium? It was very fun. It, w- it felt really fake at first, but, I mean, I felt everything just felt better. Like I, w- I felt like I was throwing like 100 miles per hour. There was no one in the crowds, and the pop of the glove was just 
It was just so loud. I would have loved to have seen it. What is it like when you're standing up there and looking around and imagine? Can you imagine one day you might be on that same mound with the stands completely packed, 40,000 people cheering for you playing baseball? Can you imagine that? I mean, I imagine that every day. I, I try to think about that every day, just get used to the situation because... I'm hoping one day it will be like that. So it's kind of funny, ex- kind of oh. funny. The the Dodger Stadium moment. I had my Dodger Stadium moment, but it wasn't on the field. It was when I got to go in Vince Scully's booth. So oh. no, I, I, mean, had, it's, it's, I had one at Comerica Park in 2002. I got an opportunity to play there at a celebrity softball game, and they had it at Comerica. They put up a, one of those wicker snow fences in the outfield, which was a home run. <laughs> I had a home run in the game, and I'm, I'm an outfielder, but I played shortstop. I'm like, no man, I'm not going in the pasture out here. I want to be on the infield, so I played shortstop in the game. And just one of my greatest memories ever when you're standing out there and you come running out of a major league dugout. It was just a freaking media celebrity softball game. And I, I like, like it that even even when, when we do the aviator stuff going you, on the yeah, field, it's, it's so, so cool. cool it's you so know, cool, and, so. and to be able to do it and actually play. Yep. On that field, it's got to be special. I know we're running short. I kept Cam Lux. I want. There's, we're going to have this this kid out again. Like I said, I love watching his career. What I know that you've got a decision to make depending on what happens in the draft, what you're offered. What is your gut feeling when you sit down with your dad at night and you guys have these conversations? What's your gut feeling? What's going to happen in the draft? And I, I, I hope no one from St. Mary's is listening because I want to ask the question. But because right now I know they're planning on you coming there, yeah. but they've got to know that if something good happens in the draft, you know this is your life decision yeah i mean i'm not i can't really i would have to say it's gonna have to be the best decision for me and my family you know um when the time comes uh, i have to talk with my parents um to see what really feels right where i need to go where i should go and at that moment there's nothing that will like right now there's no decision really but at that moment i feel like we'll we'll all know um, what that should ha- what should happen. So. And you're getting ready. You're leaving. I don't know if you're leaving tonight or tomorrow, but you guys are heading down to North Carolina. North Carolina. Um, really cool going to the USA ba- Baseball Training Facility uh, to compete against 16 other high school top teams. Top, yep. How exciting is getting the opportunity to do that? Because there's only maybe one or two schools in the state yeah. that, that where you get, you're afforded that opportunity. Uh, it's pretty fun. The first team we're playing is like number six in the country right now, so it's going to start off hot. Um, hopefully our hitting's going. Um, pitching, I'm starting that game, so it, it should be pretty fun. As a team, we're going to be in a hotel together, some of us rooming in the uh, same room together. Uh, it's just going to be it's a, it's a good experience. It, I've, we've wanted to do this uh, tournament for the past two, three years now. And now I'm doing it my senior year, so that just makes it even better. No, that's really cool. You guys, uh, uh, they'll be out of town this week. Definitely check out Gorman's schedule. The one thing I didn't see, I was looking up, you guys played Green Valley yesterday. What happened? Uh, we won six two. Okay, good. Yeah. So five and two now. Uh, we're like I think eight and one. Yeah, they don't list eight. all the games when I looked them up. They don't list all the ones that you played. Yeah. But so or well, it's nine and one. I nine, think. And nine and one. one. So the only loss was to uh, Desert Oasis. Yeah, yeah. Tight, tight game too. So you yeah. guys are probably salivating to get back there and play those yeah. guys again. Yeah, they'll be they'll be at our field in uh, like a month or about. I'm gonna a month, look at that schedule. So. That's a game I'm gonna put on my schedule. I gotta come see. Listen, I really appreciate your dad, Keith. I wish I had a microphone to give you. I think what you're doing is phenomenal. Great parent. Everything is about his kids and 
and his family. If you if you follow this guy on Facebook, like I said, it's a pleasure to watch it. How much you love your son and your children, and I and I know that you guys will get together. And I just see good things coming down the road. I mean, you know, I, the the key is stay healthy, stay humble. The two H's, man, in professional sports is stay healthy, stay humble, and usually the man upstairs rewards you for that. I see nothing but great things ahead for you, Cam. Thank look you. forward to having you on the show, and look forward to watching you as your collegiate and professional career grows. Thank you. I appreciate it. Oh, that. absolutely. Once again, Camden Perry, senior pitcher at Bishop Gorman. And Bishop Gorman, one of the best teams in the country this year. Um, I don't want to jinx them, but they haven't won a state title since 2015. And like the Vegas Golden Knights, I think that this is their best chance maybe in, in the past eight years to win a, a state title this year. And I'm pulling for you guys. Even though my heart's a little bit with Centennial, only because my kids attended there, I still, uh, and I've never been a monster Gorman fan because I always loved the underdog. But now that you're playing there, Cam, I've been pulling for you guys secretly behind the scenes for a couple years. So cool stuff. Listen, uh, we're, we're going to do- jump right into some other things. And, uh, you know, the one thing I wanted to talk about was the NCAA tournament, uh, as we've talked about. Guys, um, this has been... Uh, you know, one of the most uh, head-scratching in a great way season that, that I have seen in a while. There's so much parity. You've never in the history of the NCAA tournament had an Elite Eight without a number one seed. And here you go today. If somehow Miami, who don't discount Miami, but if somehow they beat Texas, you know, your, your top seed in the tournament is going to be a four seed. Yeah. I mean, that's unbelievable going to the final four. It's almost to the point of, you know, and I'm hearing a lot of people moaning a little bit about this, Chris, because they don't care who wins today between San Diego State and Creighton. They're saying the winner of the San Diego State-Creighton game is going to be playing Florida Atlantic, and that side has no chance. The championship game is going to, here, I want to tell you something. Listen to this real quick. They said the championship game is going to be played on the other side, which is probably going to be Texas and UConn, and the winner of that game is going to win it all. Well, a lot of people felt that years ago, back in 1985 when Georgetown and St. John's played in the summer. They said, oh, the championship game is going to sink. Yeah, a team stink. called Villanova. And, uh, Villanova said, uh, you know what? We, we no. won't mention the coach of that, of that team no, on the show, though. No, we don't want to mention but, him in uh, Vegas. You know, the, the, the funny thing, Brian, is you, you, you just mentioned it. Florida Atlantic, San Diego State, or Creighton are going to be playing for a national title. And, Brian, I've watched as much as I can of Florida Atlantic because I was really intrigued by them. Felt like they were slighted a little bit in the seating. They're playing with a chip on their shoulder, but Brian, they're a good team. Like oh, really, Chris, I, I they're watched, a really good team. I watched them and the Kansas State game yesterday, and first of all, they 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 have that that senior leadership, right? Like we always talk about that. These teams that that are, but they've come out of nowhere. They've only made one NCAA tournament in their entire history, and it was twenty years ago. Yeah, I mean, most of those guys on that team today. Or may, were maybe two or three years old at the most when that team made their 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 one and only NCAA. Chris, you said something that's so key right there. Seniors, the senior laden team. That is one thing that was overlooked. Everyone talks about, hey, San Diego State's one of the best defensive teams in the country, one of the top five best defensive teams. But nobody's talking about the fact. Look at the class of every guy starting on this team. Yeah. You've got guys like a rope who's been there for six. Years. Yeah. You got a guy like Matt Bradley who didn't show up against Alabama and yet they won without him. He's not gonna have that, two bad games that in a row. Alabama game was 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 kind of I it was weird because obviously as a UNLV grad, I, I, I hate San Diego State, but watching them dismantle Alabama the second half of the second half that sounds funny, right? But Alabama got up by like eight, nine points yeah. and they thought the game was over. Yep. They put it in cruise control, and San Diego State kicked their ass all over Louisville for the final 10 minutes of that game. It was kind of 
poetic to see because obviously if you paid attention to anything that's gone on in Alabama basketball this year, maybe a little bit of karma finally caught up with Nate Oates and, and, and that team for, for the way they handled certain things uh, we all that, know. that took place. But, you know, it, it's funny because the Mountain West has never had a team make the, the Elite Eight, San Diego State the first. And it's it, it's it's a bit, I don't know, I feel like they deserve to be that first team because they have been, the. it, it pains me to say it because UNLV has screwed up so many times the last 25, 30 years. And I'm going back to, to Maxson and Tarkanian, that whole fiasco. Again, the coach that we won't maim. But San Diego State has been the marquee program in this conference for the last 20 years. Yes, and been. and, and it's, been it's, pre- it's been predicated around a defensive yes, philosophy. Yes, they, they play. You know that, real quickly, Brian Dutcher made a point. And when he recruits, his, when he recruits guys, he'll go out and, he get, and he's getting more and more better recruits. But the, the, the proof's in the pudding of what their record. But you know what he says when he walks in the household with a kid? He says, here's the deal. We watch at San Diego State, but I promise you one thing. If you don't play defense, you're not going to play. Yeah. And he tells, he demands Defense out of his players. He lives by the old adage, defense wins championships. It's his number one philosophy, and he designs his game plan around that team playing defense. And they are so active on the defensive end of the floor. They rarely give up second-chance points because they're active on the glass. And there's guys, unsung heroes on this team. One of them, of course, last game, who, uh, you know, Darian Trammell literally kept them in the game. Oh, I, I, with I, I unbelievable thought Mensa's, plays. Mensa's blocks. Mensa's blocks. And, and, you know, the guy who, who really, I... I, I I didn't even notice him for the first time till the, the Mountain West Conference tournament. How about Jaden Ladee? Yeah, this guy is so active. He's long. He is unbelievable defensively, and the, he is absolutely fearless around the basket. And it doesn't matter who he's blocking out. It doesn't matter what your name is or how famous you are. Ladee will get in your face. Well, and you I know, love the kid. You, you and I had the discussion at the Mountain West tournament, whatever it was, two weeks ago, and I, I brought it up, and and I think it's worth discussing, but. Is it possible that Brian Dutcher is a better coach than Steve Fisher? Chris, you know what's crazy is we talked about this. Steve, Brian Dutcher, if you look at his history and you Google the guy, he has been with Steve Fisher from Michigan to here. He's been an assistant coach his whole career. Kind of like Tang of Kansas State. Waited forever to finally get his job. Well, he gets the job and and he he steps right in. They haven't missed a beat. And as a matter of fact, as you're alluding to, Chris, it seems like San Diego State's gotten even better. Better. He's getting more out of his players than it seems like Steve Fisher did. And that's not a knock on Steve Fisher. Well, listen to him. I want you to hear this, Chris. Spence, if you've got that queued up, play the play the sound bite from um the, from, from Brian Dutcher after they beat Alabama. And we say our goal is to win a national championship, oh. so we can't act surprised when we get an opportunity to advance to the final four. That's what we tell them when we recruit them. And it's just not words to get them to come here, it's words we believe in. So that's why uh, we celebrate it, but we're not going to over-celebrate. There's another step to be had. This is not the end of the journey, this is the next step. We're waiting to take it. I mean, that's that's his thing, you know. That is the. I mean, it's a politically correct answer. It's what you expect coaches to say. Hey, we're not done yet. You know, this we got more games to play, and you like it. But you know what? Dutch is serious, man. He right now he said it after the, when they got to the Sweet Sixteen. You know, he said straight up. And even though they didn't play anybody, they played College of Charleston and Furman to get to the Sweet Sixteen. They got lucky. But here's the thing. He you know he said it straight up. Then he goes. If there's a team out there that can beat us, I haven't seen them. The way we're playing right now, and then oh, they go I, I, and beat the number beat one team in the country. I do too. I think defensively they're going to beat Creighton, and I think defensively that would be a hell of a game against Florida Atlantic. And listen, any team left and and Villa.
Villanova proved this to us. NC State has proved this to us. Anybody can win a national title. You've got to believe. You've got to play together. And again, you got to play defense. And it's, isn't it ironic? Out of the uh, six teams that are left, all of them are very sound on the defensive end of the floor. And the key is, you look at teams. Teams that get second chance points, second chance opportunities, and. UConn is the number two team in the country for second chance opportunities. That means they're cleaning the glass and they're playing defense, and that's why they're getting those opportunities. Listen, we got to fly on. We'll talk about it, uh, Chris. I will ask you before we fly on. I'll ask you this: Who is who? Who wins today? Uh, I I think Texas is going to beat Miami. I really like what Jim Laranega's done yeah. at Miami. I think he's he's. Very well, people qu- think the game's passed him by. Yeah, Watch again. Very, very quietly, right? Like, a lot of people may not remember, but he was the coach at George Mason when they went to the Final Four. Yep. By the way, George Mason apparently uh, sniffing around for Ryan Odom, as is South Florida. But uh, I, I I, think the, the Texas is, is, is just too good, too... too um, they're, they're, they're just they're just so athletic, They're, they're very good. Yeah. And, and like I said, I, I really like what Jim Laranega's done at... At Miami, very quietly built a a a, a pretty good program in the it's ACC. A huge win against Houston. Yeah, huge and, win. and and you know I watched them against Indiana, and I was like, you know what, they're they're really good. That Wong kid is is, is phenomenal for them, Isaiah Wong. Uh, but so just, Texas and San Diego I, State. I think Texas and San Diego State are going to win. And Brian, I, I look, it, it may sound like recency bias, but. I don't think any team in the country is playing better than UConn right now. I said the same thing. Um, I, I don't know how anybody I, beats I, I will, that team. I will put my money on Danny Hurley. I actually, I did put my money on Danny Hurley, and I'm glad I bet it when I did because I, I, I took a look at the odds that last night. That was the first of my three-team parlay, so and I they got basically two halved. So, uh, but but yeah, I, I, I think San Diego State's going to beat Creighton. Look, Creighton, I like Doug McDermott, good coach. Great coach. I, I just think San Diego State is is too tenacious defensively. Like we, they we, just have to be able to to neutralize the bigs. The, the, the Florida, problem, the problem, Florida Atlantic has two bigs. The problem Chris, playing really San Diego good. State, and and it's fortunately the teams in Mountain West have an, a, a way to do it. But Brian, these these other schools that don't see, you cannot prepare for that defense on two days. I'm no, sorry, I agree with you. It's it, it is relentless and tenacious, and I'm I'm right there with you. I think San Diego State and Texas will give you our uh, will give you our championship predictions next year. But I'll tell you my 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 winners out of those games. I somehow think the week off will cool UConn down a bit, and I think Texas is going to surprise UConn. I think on the other side, believe it or not, I think Florida Atlantic is going to end up beating San Diego State, and I think that's going to be your championship game. And We'll give you our predictions next week when that happens. We're almost out of time, so Spencer, hit it quick. Fact this. Facts this. If you don't like the facts, take your ass back to bed. Fact this. Fact. Tom Brady will, for at least the foreseeable future, be spending a portion of his spring and summers in Las Vegas. This is because three days ago, Las Vegas Raiders and Aces owner Mark Davis announced that seven-time Super Bowl champion Tom Brady acquired an ownership interest in the world champion Las Vegas Aces of the WNBA. Uh, Brady's purchase is still subject to WNBA approval. They're not going to approve the GOAT. He'll be one of the owners of the Las Vegas Aces. The big question is why. We'll explore the reasons for that next week. Listen, we are out of time. I want to thank Cam Perry, thank his dad Keith for bringing him in. As always, our producer Chris Chapman and Spencer the Wiz Ostrowski. I'm Brian Feldman. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye.